Hey guys, and welcome to Overtly Casual, the podcast hosted by myself, Dak, and my brother, Tyler. We have the second edition or the second volume, what have you, of Two Guys, One Closet today. And today I have with me a gentleman, a very short and skinny gentleman named Knuckles, uh, happy to join us. Tyler's unfortunately not able to chime in. Uh, he's a little wrapped up, but I'm here with Knuckles. We got some beers, we got some whiskey, and we have some nicotine. So we're ready to rock and roll. Short? Dude, yeah. I'm literally six inches taller than you. No, I, you're not. I am. But you're not. And the reason you're called Knuckles is because you're the smallest guy everywhere you go. And you mm. got in a bar fight All right. with the second smallest guy that everybody the knows. second smallest. Yeah, he was a midget. And he was beating Knuckles' ass. Beating the fuck out of him. But what happened was, and this is why we call him Knuckles, by the way. The guy swung at him, and it was a, it's a midget, or a little person, whatever. Swings at him. And his face, his eyes were swollen shut. This is the amazing part of the story. He has got the dog shit beat out of him. And we're bent over laughing. We are folded over like a long chair Great friends, by the way. Just letting my ass kicked like that. With his eyes swollen shut, he can't see. He bites down on the midget's knuckles. And then the midget ran away. I mean, what else would you do? I don't know. He got in a car with Johnny Depp, though. I can only assume he went back to the chocolate factory. What a fucking night. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What a night. No, but uh, I am joined by my good friend, Knuckles. Uh, a couple little quick facts about him. He is the shortest guy that everyone knows. Um, he can't fight in a bar worth shit. His best friend's a blow-up doll. He grew up Amish. Uh, what else? Am I missing anything? No, that pretty much sums it up, I think. So, <laughs> I'm glad that I could give you the introduction that you deserve. Yeah. I feel what? Honored. What was it like? Talk to us. Talk to the O-Cash mob. That's what I call them. Oh, that's that? super lame. Because it's overtly casual. Yeah, that's adorable. And everyone names their podcast listeners. Shut the fuck up. I have 300 of them. Keep going. I'm going to put your address out. You will not. They'll find you. <laughs> but put it out there for the O-Cash mob. Uh, a little bit about yourself. Like, What was it like growing up Amish? Well, first of all, I didn't grow up Amish. I was raised Mormon, in fact. Mm. Yeah, not much better. Barely a step above. It was very strict. I watched a South Park episode on it once. Joseph Smith called a prophet. Dum 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 dum. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one that looked at the golden uh, commandments. Yeah. Inside of the hat. Yeah. In Arkansas. Nope. Swing and a miss. Fort Smith. Nope. What religion is that? I don't know. Brigham Young. Yeah. Okay. You're like 0 for 3. <laughs> he was at Brigham Young University. No, he was not. Brigham and Young he came found after Joseph Smith. But, all right. You should read a book sometime. God damn it. Can Listen. you read? Listen. I didn't grow up Amish. Me neither. I grew up Southern West Virginia educated. <laughs> yeah, okay. Can, so that's half a step above. I can read it at a 7th grade level. Oof. But, West Virginia 7th grade. <clears throat> so, all jokes aside, you, you grew up Mormon. What was that like? Because I legitimately, the only thing I know about it is South Park. Well, I'm gonna, And Mitt Romney. Let me <laughs> let me go ahead and equate it to... And polygamy. The same question I get asked about being a milita- military brat. It's just like, I tell people that I've never lived anywhere more than, you know, four, four years, and it, it just blows their fucking minds. They're like, whoa. Like, what was that like? I don't fucking know, man. What was it like to stay someplace longer than four years? That's just my reality. So I, it's hard to... Put it into terms for, I guess, the common folk to understand. It's a little insulting. Yeah, I hope it was. I hope that <laughs> stung a bit. 
So I don't, I don't fucking know, dude. So, it was just my reality. So where all did you grow up? I was born in uh, Germany, moved to Texas. God bless Texas, by the way. Uh, moved to Virginia, moved to Guam, Belgium, England. My dad uh, then retired. You know, my mom lived in Virginia now. I went to school in Oregon, got orders, joined the Air Force, got orders uh, to Texas, then to New Mexico, and here I am. My last guest, this was completely unplanned. My last guest, were you born in Ramstein? Yeah, Launch Door Ramstein area. Yeah, so Davey Chu. Okay. Uh, on volume one of Two Guys, One Closet, was actually born in Ramstein as well. Or in, you know. It's probably true of a lot of military kids, but. All I know is K Town. Yep. K-Town. Oh, they were my fucking rivals in high school football. Really? Yeah, dude. We you lived there that long? No. I mean, so I was born there, and like I said, I went to high school yeah. in England all four years, and so there was one year where we had a, a really good game, and like, my, my team fucking sucked, dude. We were so bad. And you traveled to Germany? Yeah, we you? traveled, but th- this time, at this particular instance, I was a uh, freshman or a sophomore, so I was still on JV, and this was between the, the, the varsity squads. Like, we ended up beating them. And, like like I said, we were horrible. And we almost never won any games. So, for us to win a game, especially against one of these, you know, schools in Germany, which are much bigger and have a larger pool to pull from, uh, was a big deal. And so, like, we had a couple guys on our team who just, like, their jaws just couldn't stop. They just talked all the shit. And so, like, it came to the, the good game handshake line. And a couple of our guys just yapping, yapping, yapping. And, like, eventually... These like you can just see it happen. It's like a fucking mosh pit. These two sides just mesh together, and like people are throwing bows. I see helmets flying. Like this shit was rowdy. Like the MPs on base, they took the dogs off the leash, and I was like, oh, see, you. time to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. So that was a rivalry that we had throughout my high school career, and like one of our only wins my senior year when I played varsity was like was we we went to their homecoming and beat them, and that was just like fuck yeah, bro. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, bro. So. They played American football in Europe? Yeah. I mean, well, I so I went to an American it was military just a, school. It was just American military schools yeah. that yeah. were like... Department of Defense school system, so... Uh, yeah, they had American sports. Government-funded CTE? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What position did you play? Free safety wide receiver. Do you think you have CTE? What? Do you think you have CTE? What does that mean? Fuck, what does it stand for? It's the brain damage. Oh. Oh, probably. Yeah. Because they say that, like, 90% of anybody... I mean, I never got ever, knocked out. Any, they say 90% of anyone who, who's ever played American football has CT. Fuck it. Like, the kids that die and All right, stuff well, like that. guess what else do they say? It's like, oh, XYZ gives you cancer. Bitch, cancer has been around since the fucking dinosaurs. I think it's fake news. It's... Uh, uh, well, okay, I don't know about that. There are things that you can do to... How do I say this? Accentuate the possibility of getting cancer? Like... I don't know. Smoking, drinking excessively. Cheers, by the way. Um, <laughs> shit like that. I mean, you, you're not doing yourself any favors, but at, at the end of the day, it's just like it's all it all boils down to your, your fucking genetics. Is like there are smokers who live to be a hundred, and there are marathon runners who drop dead at thirty. So fuck it. Everything gives you cancer. You might as well enjoy life while you're here. That's true, dude. No, it's funny you say marathon runners, or not funny you say. I mean, it's kind um, of funny. It's just because those are the dudes. Those are the dudes that are all fucking high and mighty. So, Bro, I'm about to go fucking crush this man. Fuck you. One of our football coaches, and and I didn't play high school football, um, probably due to you know conflicts with teams. I, I wasn't a real team player. Um, I remember I went out in ninth grade, and then I threatened to bash someone's head in with a weight. And yeah, see, 
balance, my friend. I wasn't that's a really, far. I wasn't a really good. It's team an aggressive player. sport, but that's too far. I, I wrestled um, for as long as I could, and then I, I bitched out. But uh-huh. it's fine. You wrestled too, didn't you? One year. There we go. <laughs> that shit sucked. Same dude. story. <laughs> that shit sucked. You do enough suicides, and you're like, yep, fuck, this. fuck this. I'm gonna go get a girlfriend. Yep. Like I'm gonna have sex. I'm, and over just, lift just weights. gripping dudes. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking done with I, this. Like I'm, I'm, you know, 13 to 18 years old. I am in my prime, okay? So, yeah. Can't confirm. Yeah. It was, I wasn't really into it. I, I was into it, but my mental... St- I'm more into it now. Like, I wish I could go back with my mindset now, because back then I was just like a fucking rabbit. Mm. But, uh, so I think my mental state is a lot better now. I wanted... I want to ask you, since you said you've been to all these places, I had no idea. Belgium? Yeah. So I had no idea you grew up all these places. I like to judge cities based on school shooters per capita. Ah. And, and countries, too. So when sure. you apply it to Europe and states, and I, I like to judge everything based on school shooters per capita. Mm-hmm. Which European country that you lived in do you think, after integrating with the local populace, had the most potential, not actual, mm. the most potential... School shooters per capita. Are we talking like then, you know, coming up on 15 years ago? Or are then, we talking I, now? Then. Because a lot of things have happened in the world since then. Yeah. Namely, a, a major counterinsurgency that has led to a ton of refugees who come into Europe and cause a lot of problems. Well, I guess I'm talking more... I'm not speaking like insurgents that infiltrate via the immigration system and... You know, via the, the I'm not ref- talking insurgents the, either. I'm just talking people and the, cultures clashing. Yeah, so more then. Now, obviously, it's a little more touchy because it actually happens. But back then, you know, you know, guys that I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. You know guys, guys that are like hooligans. Dare I'm a, I say, I'm a hooligan. You're goddamn right, you're. A hooligan. You know who we're talking about. Go ahead and say it. Dad. No, I'm not going to say <laughs> it. <laughs> guys like that. Guys like those individuals that we know. Well, I mean. The kind of general rule when we were, me and my friends would go out in Belgium. <laughs> Granted, I was only I left Belgium when I was fourteen, so I was never, you know, that old. Yeah. But like, my parents would let us go, you know, ride the the metro downtown to downtown Brussels and stuff like that. Sure, but you always had a group of people. Always had a group because thievery, like petty petty theft on the subway, is pretty, like, the rate of that is pretty high. Uh, my buddy got a, got a knife pulled on him by, like, there's a lot of just kids. Kids who are trying to prove themselves, I guess, in the, the eyes of their peers, but are really deadbeats. I mean, we have those in America, too. It's, it's no fucking different. Yeah. So, I got a knife pulled on me here. I think I know this story. In Clovis, New Mexico. You want to see the knife? Yes, I do want I to see I have the knife, knife right here. Oh, what a coincidence. For our listeners, I'm reaching over the mic. <laughs> <sighs> this is... Apparently, an heirloom, don't close it, but it's an heirloom now, that... why did you get a knife pulled on you? I'm going to make a long story short. Please do. So I have my boy. I don't like listening to you talk. <laughs> my boy, he's a badass. And uh, uh, Joe was there. Uh, he, he, yeah. Oh, um, wow. You know, my buddy Joe from services. Yeah, yeah, He's the chef, senior Yep, 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 yep. Uh, <clears throat> He was there, and so we're at this party, and it's getting down, and my boy, who is now out of the military, so I can see what he did, he was like a cooperator, hmm. like he was a the security forces, but then you have like 
the Special Operations Security Forces. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say the name of the teams, mm-hmm. but you had that team. Um, I used to drink with those motherfuckers a lot because mm-hmm. they got down. Mm-hmm. And we, oh, okay. So actually, how I met this dude, uh, his name was Chase. I meet this guy in the bar, the local bar. I meet him in Kelly's, and they're talking about some shit. They're talking about a deployment that's coming up. Mm-hmm. And I'm drunk as piss. They're drunk as piss, and I'm like, hey, boys, uh, you guys shouldn't be talking about this specific place you're going. You, you guys shouldn't be talking about that at the local bar because they're going somewhere sensitive. And then they're like, who the fuck are you? And I was like, who the fuck are you? And then we almost get into a fist fight, yada, yada, yada. And then we're like, oh, okay, you're a cool bro. I'm a cool bro. We're all tattooed. Like, let's hang out. So fast forward six months later and a terrible liver. Right, culture never dies. I love it. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> we're, just, <laughs> we're just a bunch of shirtless bros. Yeah. So one day, my boy Chase, he's about to get out of the military. He's like, I'm going to throw a rager. He lives in a nice house. He lives in a quarter million dollar house. Got a couple roommates. We get paid well, right? So he can afford it. Sure. He's uh, He invites everybody at the bar. And then everybody at the bar invites three people. And they all show up. And then the world's tallest man. The tallest man I've ever met. Mm. Taller than the Danes. Mm. Um, so the world's tallest man comes in. And apparently his ex-girlfriend was there. Again, long story short, my boy Chase comes up to me. He's like, Dak. And, and I've been in a couple little scuffles around him. Mm. And uh, he's like, Dak, uh, I'm going to need your help. And me and him and my other friend who's out now who was also a cop-operator. Mm. Uh, for you guys listening, that is a cop who's also like pseudo-operator. And in the military, an operator is a badass. So these two badass motherfuckers walk up there like, Dak, we got the world's most gigantic man. He's being mean to this chick. We got to escort him out. So like... What I remember from drunkenness, from how it started, is they were arguing in the bathroom. And this dude was about to put hands on the chick. Mm. And so we wrestle the guy down. I'm, like, holding one arm. Chase is holding the other arm. And my boy, Matt, is, like, holding the dude's neck. And then someone comes up, someone that we know, like, comes up and, like, whispers in his ear, like, we're going to fucking kill you. And then uh, me, Matt, and Chase were like, yo, dude, we're just trying to throw him out of the party. No, we're not going to fucking kill him. Mm. So this guy takes that to heart. Again, world's largest man. We escort him out of the party civilly, mm. threw him on his ass. Uh, he goes out to his car and he grabs this knife. And at some point in the scuffle, I sunk in a rear naked chuck like it was fucking Damien Maya or Horace uh, Gracie. Right? Slow your roll, Chief. So he pulls the knife. I got to sneeze. Hang on. I'm allergic to bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Long story short, I got that knife because choked him out, sort of. Again, biggest guy I ever met. But he drops the knife in the scuffle. And then we let go. I was like, dude, I'm going to let you go. You just have to leave. He's like, okay, bro, my cousin's coming to pick me up. And I was like, okay, but if I let you go and you go crazy, we're going to fucking hurt you, dude. Like, you're going to get hurt here. Yeah. And uh, anyway, he drops the knife. I pick the knife up because obviously I'm going to steal it. It's now an heirloom in my family. I don't care if it was his grandfather's knife. I've never seen the guy after this, by the way. Mm. I would return the knife if I saw him. Yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway, I let him go. He goes crazy again. My boy who, like, was seeing this chick, I I don't know. He comes over, punches the guy. Guy gets in the car and leaves. Apparently, like, the party ended there because it was such a scuffle. Mm. The party ends there. He kicks everybody out. Apparently, like, two hours later, a bunch of the dudes came running, like, driving by, beeping and, like, fucking, like, waving guns and shit. Oh, wow. That's a terrible idea when you have yeah. a bunch of, like, highly trained dudes that are like, you're going to stick your gun out the window going, at, you know, 15 miles an hour and try to aim. Mm. 
he's going to come out fully loaded and fuck you up. Mm-hmm. So, but he didn't know that. Sure. You, you know, Probably for the best. Yeah, these guys didn't talk about that. But, uh, yeah, that's my knife robbing story. What's your knife robbing story? Do you I have I don't any? have a right knife robbing story, dude. Okay. Okay. What? Okay, so if you can't... I want you to pick, though. Judge a population, an entire European nation's population, based on the interactions you had as a child. Which one had the most potential school shooters per capita? Oh, England. England? They're all... I was going to say England! Dude, they're all... A bunch of fucking tossers. They're just fucking mad, dude. Like, I, there are a couple. Of, I lived like on base housing, which was immediately off base, and I would often, you know, ride my bike to the base to go whatever, mess around with my friends or whatever. And uh, I can't even tell you how many times, like, a bunch of these like just fucking British teenagers just spoiling for a fight. They're just bored, and so they like try to stop you or whatever. You just bike around them or whatever, and they would always talk all this shit, and I. I only have ever had Scouse fucking cunt. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> along those lines. Yeah, I have a British tattoo. Why? I have bruv tattooed on the back of my arm. Why would you do that? Because my brother... Treason. My brother, for the Ocash mob, my brother Tyler, he has a brother's tattoo. And he's like, yo, let's get matching tattoos. Hashtag not homosexual, it's bromosexual. Uh, We're brothers. Don't push it. We're brothers. Grew up yeah, in the same makes it weird. Well, you're from West Virginia, so, so all right. he's getting a brother's tattoo, and I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm going to get the same exact tattoo. Yeah. One, because it was in black and gray, and I'm a more of a neo-traditional guy. Mm. So on the back of my arm, I fucking show you. It says, because of a scouse cunt named Darren Till, who's an MMA fighter, <laughs> bruv. That's adorable. Yeah. I want you to know that. He has the same exact one in black and gray that says oh brothers. Oh, God. Yeah. So, I was going to say I was going to say the UK as well. Yeah, they're just so like anyway, like they they all and here's the thing about them is they always travel in packs cuz they know there ain't shit one on one. Well, they're all short, right? They're all the short and the best short as you. Ha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're all sh- short and anyway, all I would do is, you know, bike around them cuz I I'm, obviously I'm on a bike and just go faster and I always made a point though to yell as I pass by, "Hey, why aren't you speaking German?" Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Keep on trying. <laughs> they didn't like that. Hell yeah. <laughs> it was funny. So it did you, time. when you were a kid and you were facing, how old were you these? Uh, in England? Yeah. Uh, 14 through 18. 14, oh, okay, so right in the prime, like, oh, yeah. testosterone's flowing, you're oh, yeah. itching to fight, yeah. right? Did you ever go home and argue in the mirror with, like, fucking Jason Statham, like, Man, next time, next time what those scouts fuck. What the fuck are you talking about? You, you know what I mean? Like, you, you ever, like, argue in the mirror with yourself? Like, no. you picture. I did that shit, man. Like, yeah. if I said something, like and I'm like. Guy who would do if that. I said that, and I'm like, fuck, I should have said this. I'm like, man, next time. <laughs> next time, I'm going to tell him the fuck well, off. You, you tell him next time. <laughs> and it never happened. <laughs> it never happened for yeah. me. That didn't happen for you? No, I can I can see you though, just like just like pacing in your room. You're like, you're fucking hyped. You're just like back and forth, man. Dude, man, I had my boys too. Man, my boys too would hype me up because we were all the same. Sure. And we're all like, man, next time, like, <laughs> next time they call me a fucking dipshit and push me around and punch me in the face. Next time I'm gonna do something. So you know what that what I equate that to is like what? when little kids get in each other's face. Like my big brother will beat you up. You like, can't even. You eat cold sandwiches. You motherfucker out here eating cold sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> he said you ain't had no nipple. Shit, dude. That's what I equate that to. 
That's weird, though, man, because you seem American. I am. True blue. Red-blooded motherfuckers. But you're not. Fuck you. Where'd you grow up? Everywhere. What's my birth certificate say? Mostly. What's my uniform say? Mostly where'd you grow up? Uh, Like I said, man, I've never lived anywhere more than four years. Okay. I anticipate this place being the longest place I will live anywhere. Europe versus America. What What are you asking? Most cumulative years. Oh, shit. Prior to 18... Um, let's see. Hang on. You're asking me to do math in front of these people? Shame on you. I'm betting it's Europe. You're fucking I European. So. I, I was in wondering... Europe for six years. Oh, that's it? Yeah. Belgium for two, England for four. Well, okay, seven. I, w- I spent a year as a, a baby in Germany. Oh. Okay, you're not that European. No. You're about as European as 21 Savage, though. <laughs> that shit's hilarious. <laughs> that pop culture. Yeah. He's released some Dude, Bond. you know, it's so funny that he, like, first of all, I, I don't think anybody saw that coming. Secondly, like, having known European rap and the quality of that kind of shit is that he's like, okay, I'm on to something here. I'm going to get the fuck out of Dodge and go where I can make some goddamn money. So good for him. At 13, year old, at 13 years old, I don't think it was his choice. Do you think he got bullied into it? What? You're saying he got bullied into moving to America? No, no, like bullied into <clears throat> being in America, like being from Zone 6. Because he's always singing about Zone 6 and ATL. Like, he reps Atlanta. He's like, I'm from oh, Atlanta. Like literally but he every spent, other rapper. But he spent like 13, 12, 13 years of his life in the UK. I think, I mean, he's just trying to relate to his audience. Yeah, I mean, you listen to any other fucking hey, rapper, they're always like repping their city or whatever. Like they're just they're trying to build their fan base. It, it comes from, I mean, you got to start somewhere, right? You what kind be. of bullying do you think happened to Twenty One Savage like, when he showed up and he's like, "Oi, mate! Oi, my name's Twenty One Savage." <laughs> I don't know what his actual name is. It's like, I say, it's something biblical. No, something biblical. I don't think so. Like Americans have this weird obsession with the Brits. Like, tell me, you it's like baby seen brother. That. What do you mean? What? It's like a little baby brother. I want to take care of every Brit. It's I see. funny because. We came from them, so I don't know. Uh, the Brits do have this serious inferiority complex when it comes to us, but it's pretty hilarious. You did so? you know? Did you know that British kids are not taught about the Revolutionary War in their school books? No bullshit, dude. They're like, yeah. So it uh, it goes up to like Napoleon did this, or actually that was after. But he was like, yeah, we had the French and Indian Wars over in you know Canada and uh, that was North after America. Too. No, French Indian Wars were before the Revolution, my friend. I thought it was like 1801. Nope, you're thinking Napoleon, 1805. Oh, yep. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. Well, that area. Sure. Um, so, yeah, so it goes like French Indian Wars, the colonies out in, like, the Caribbean. It skips a whole lot of shit, and all of a sudden Napoleon's on the stage. What? It's, it's pretty funny. They cracked me the fuck out. Oh, uh, who is the... He, I mean, we wouldn't have won that war without the French. Goddamn right. The French don't get their credit. They don't. I, I well, do because they're assholes and they surrendered mm. too easily. Yes, that's what that's what their reputation is. I'm trying to coin a new reputation for the French. Why? They are a third world country, acting as if they're a first world country. Okay, have you ever been to France? Yeah. Where? Charles de Gaulle Airport. Okay, the airport doesn't mm. fucking. Count. Oh, it doesn't count. It doesn't. Have not. you been to Houston? Yeah. Have you been in Atlanta? Yeah. Been to Chicago, Chicago O'Hare? Yeah. Been to JFK? Yes. Been to literally. Any airport in America? What's your point? Lubbock Airport? Yes. What's, what's your point? Shitty airport, right? Lubbock's not that bad. Oh, it's not that bad? Yeah. Compared to Charles de Gaulle. I've never been to Charles de Gaulle. Oh, well, it's pretty good compared to Charles de Gaulle. Okay. 
But you can't there are judge dirty a people. country based on an airport. No, I'm judging on the people that are in it. That's like people who said, yeah, I travel when they got like a fucking hop out of Dallas. Americans travel after showering. The French don't. Joke's on you. French don't shower. That's what I'm saying. I know, dude. It's fucking rank. They're dirty people. They are. The and they're French just it's like, like, and they're assholes. It's like, dude, you can't be this much of a fucking douche. Their president, their president, hashtag no racist. I don't even, are they a different race? I don't know. I'm confused now. There's so many genders, so many races. I don't get it. I identify but, as a toaster. There we go. <laughs> I identify as Wolfkin. Right. I'm actually wearing a furry butt plug right now. I bet you as are. As a tail. Um, <laughs> so, but their fucking president, Macron, Right? That's them? I don't fucking know. Trudeau is the Canadians, which yeah. are like the better version of the French. I so mean, it's a low bar. Trudeau showers one one time a day. Okay. Macron showers one time, one a, week. time a week. Yeah. We're on the same wavelength. Okay. So they haven't surrendered in a long time, right? I mean, when was the last time they actually got into a fight? Vietnam. No, uh, was Africa They were there that? before we went in. Yeah. Fair. That was the last time. They right? also got their asses kicked. Yeah. We did. Kind of. We were... No. Don't I blame buy the into po- that fucking social I blame the bullshit. politicians. I blame the politicians. It absolutely was the politicians' fault. Yeah. But strategically, we won that war. We were yeah. winning that war. Goddamn me lie? Commies. What about the me lie incident? You read about that? No. It was where an LT uh, commanded a troop battalion to kill a bunch of civilians. And that's basically the only story that's told about Vietnam. You have... Uh, what's her name? The reporter that was super treasonous... And like tried to interview the the Vietnam uh, the Vietnam uh, captives, uh, the prisoners of war rather. Fuck, what was her name? I forget her name. That's some obscure Susan, shit. something oh, like that. that. Yeah, you're real close. I know what you're talking. Susan, or, wow. I, and I know what I'm saying. But anyway, there was a reporter who's now super famous. I, I can just Google Vietnam traitor woman interviewer. Well, while you're doing that, did you see that article that just came out about the fucking Intel officer who defected to Iran? Yeah, what was her name again? It was I like Wit, something Wit. I read that today. It was an OSI guy. That shit's girl. Girl. But girl. that shit's kind of fucking scary. Uh, if that doesn't bother you, that bothers me that it doesn't bother you. Those are some of the most highly vetted individuals that we have in the United States. Military. Yeah, so how did we miss it? Um. Honestly? Yes, honestly, bitch. Start. She probably went in young, so not a lot of background. Okay. She probably is from a coast. What does that mean? Hidden ideology. Based upon coastal geography? Yeah. Where wow. does where does all the radical ideology in America come from? The Midwest. The Midwest. Okay, we're talking two different kinds of radical. Okay. We're ta- we're talking practical, like or 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 in practice versus um like verbally expressed. Because if you go to the Midwest, same thing with like the South. Like the South, in like in theory, the South is racist, right? Traditionally, tra- yeah. Traditionally, stereotypically, sure. Yeah. So in theory, okay. In practice, if you go to the South, like, it's not that bad. You're gonna see like there's no actual like depends so, where you go. So being from West Virginia, West Virginia is a blue state. It's been a blue state um, since. The Civil War. Yeah. The only reason it became a red state to or this or last year. God damn, it's been three years ago when President Trump was elected. So yeah, the only reason it became a red state is because he promised to reopen the coal mines, 
which hasn't happened yet. And that was the only source of income. The median mm-hmm. household income in southern West or in all of West Virginia rather, that includes commuters to and from DC, which there's a shit ton up near Martinsburg and all that. And the panhandle is take a guess. What's West Virginia's median household income? I don't know, two dollars. Come on. <laughs> give me an honest guess. Uh median? Thirty. Thousand. Thirty-five. All right. That's uh, that's based upon a both parents working. Jesus Christ. Now the coal miners make anywhere from starting salary seventy to ninety thousand dollars. Now AI's laid them off. Um, I know a lot of mines shut down during the Obama presidency due to sanctions placed on mm-hmm. not sanctions. It wouldn't be safe. Safety regulations. Mm-hmm. Like they had to enforce more safety regulations. There's nothing safe about going two miles underground, right? Right. Guys will accept that. There's nothing safe about breathing in the ground. Yeah. Breathing, that was breathing my next in the point. air. It's just, it's inherently not good for you. Yeah. Uh, Jane Fonda. Okay. Jane Fonda. Hanoi Jane is the. Oh. Hanoi Jane was the uh, fucking Vietnam analyst that was super traitorous. Um, but anyway, go. So back to West Virginia and the coal mining. Um, so in theory, West Virginia would be racist, right? But in sure. practice, and by any metric you measure it, you can look it up today, West Virginia is the most equal state across any metric. Education, um, economic equality, any metric you measure, West Virginia is the most equal. So, But when you go to the coast, when you go to the coast, they are, in theory, equal. In, in theory, inclusive. But in practice, I don't... I don't really think so, because if you look at equality compared to the compared to the southern states, mm. compared to Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, North Carolina, South Carolina, um, what am I missing? Florida is a little different because it's all seventy-year-old people that are retired and mm. millionaires. Um, I assume the whole state's that way. Mm. Even our buddy AJ's, mm. um, he, he's a seventy-year-old retiree with millions of dollars uh, who happened to join the Air Force, but. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So West Virginia included Virginia, um, all, all those states, Tennessee, mm-hmm. Kentucky, all those states. I, I'm willing to guarantee you, if West Virginia is the most equal, all of those states are more equal on any metric, whether it be uh, economic status, whether it be um, representation in government, whether it be, and I know you're unprepared for this, right? Mm-hmm. But it, I'm throwing this at you. Yeah. Um, whether it be like median household, anything. Any metric, I'm willing to bet that in practice, the South is more inclusive. And so that's that's why I say coastal regions is where this radical ideology is born. And you mentioned it earlier, socialism. Yeah. Um, so that radical ideology is coined by, you know, the, the L.A.'s, San Francisco's, the New York's, the well, Boston's. That's just because those are like the population centers. And you get, I mean... What has the phrase go is just like never underestimate the power of stupid people in large groups. Is like people are, are are more afraid of developing a coherent, independent thought than they'd, they'd rather just join the mob. So this yeah. this makes me think of something. Go for it. So when you were reading, what was your major? History. History. Perfect. So when you were reading about these wars, yeah. right, the Vietnam War, World War One, World War Two, French and Indian. Um, Napoleon's conquest, all all this shit. When mm. you were reading about these things, did you read every day's account of every protest, of every revolt, of every anything? Did did you basically did you read from the start of mankind 
every day's worth of history. No, that's impossible. Exactly. There's a there's a Tim Pool, a journalist, former Vice and Fusion journalist. Um, he's a he's a left centrist, mm. liberal centrist, something like that. I don't know. Fucking flavor of the day as far as the political term is coined, right? This dude, he has a theory that right now we'll have wars that are. It, this will be called like some sort of war. I, I think he called it a cyber war because you have the Russians that are infiltrating, uh, you know, equality movements or civil rights movements such mm. as Black Lives Matter. Mm. So the uh, largest Black Lives Matter page on Facebook, um, which I, I agree with the ideology behind it. It's it's sure. fine. It's uh, um, I get it. Yeah, there is some sort of systemic and leftover racism from the war on drugs. I don't think it's from from you know the precursors to that, but I think it's it's leftovers from the war on drugs. Sure. Um, so and, and, you know I, I I see eye to eye with that movement and I get what it's about, but the largest movement on Facebook that sold hundreds of thousands worth of merchandise was ran by a Russian cell. It was a bunch of Russians that got together. Interesting. A Russian hack. Huh. So you have... That was the whole Russian election hacking. They didn't infiltrate, um, say, the right-wing political movements to the as much as they did the left-wing ones. Because what sells more? Right-wing guys are older, right? They, they've been settled into that for yeah. 40 years. Popularity. Yeah. yeah. Right-wing guys are settled in. Left-wing guys, however, are a bunch of the youth. The damn youths. The, the willingness to wear a, um, and I'm going into generalizations. The willingness to wear a revolt T-shirt or a a a movement T-shirt, whatever movement it may be. It's more, it's more prevalent in the youth. Like I would wear a movement T-shirt. I'm 23 years old. I would wear a movement T-shirt. How many grandpas you know wearing movement T-shirts? Zero. Yeah, they're in their sweater vest, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they infiltrated to a to a greater extent the uh, left wing movement. So that was the that was the crazy danger that I saw is really solid ideology. So leftist ideology is based on really good shit. Sure. It's based on equality. Sure. Right? Which is based on the same thing that in theory right wing ideology is. Sure. Right? Equality but also a little bit of survival of the fittest, right? Yep. Capitalism, which is God's way of deciding Who's smart and who's poor? Yeah, yeah all right. <laughs> that, that's a Ron Swanson quote. Okay, it's a Ron Swanson quote. Parks and Rec yeah. for the listeners. But um, anyway, so do you think today's times, the political climate, the Antifa, the Proud Boys, the clashes, Charlottesville, all these like uh, Oregon, um, Spokane, mm-hmm. all these places, you see these political clashes. These were all happening during the Revolutionary War. These were all happening during um, the Civil yeah, the Civil absolutely. War. Absolutely. These were all happening then, right? And let me let me answer your question with an, with another question. And granted, it's a loaded question, but why have you never heard of these things? Because history is written by the victor. Yeah. Like how will this think about? Written? Okay, how much knowledge did we lose when the peak of Roman? The peak in, you know, what's the fucking word I'm looking for? The beacon of light that was Roman knowledge at the height of their empire was what? The great library of Alexandria. Burned to the ground. Burned to the ground by barbarians when the fucking Roman Empire fell. Well, how much did we lose 
We don't fucking know. But at this point, it doesn't matter. They lost. Yeah. Until so. the Vatican opens its archives. I, I think the Vatican you think it's bullshit? blows a lot of smoke. Hey, if you get that. <laughs> uh, they blow a lot of... I mean, knowledge is power, and until anybody can refute that, they might as well... It's in their best interest to say, oh, yeah, we have all this shit. Of course you Miles do. and miles of library... Like, yeah, of course you do. Shut the books. fuck up. No, you fucking don't. You ain't, you ain't fancy. You know, pseudo-classified sections. That yeah, you can only get the fuck out of here. If you have this golden necklace. Yeah, and you know the handshake and... Yeah. Ridiculous. Have fucked three of the same girls as the high priest. So, or little boys, who knows? Do you... Do you <laughs> yeah, definitely little boys. I was just joking with my wife about that. Yeah, that shit's funny. I was like, we should go to... We should go to church. And she's like, which one? And I was like, we're not Catholic because we have a son. Hey. <laughs> but, uh... Zing. Fucking... Hashtag no hating on other religions. I don't even know what you call that. Religious. Religionist. Um, anyway, no hate. Hashtag no hate. There we go. Um, <laughs> but, so, who who do you see being the victor? And how will these times be remembered? Because we're, we're talking about times in which America is fighting the war for liberty on behalf of nations that can't do it themselves. We're talking about... Um, African countries, Middle Eastern countries, like it, all over the world, in some way, shape, or form, the American government is fighting for the freedom of other countries. And it is unbeknownst to the American people. Chris Kyle said, America is at war and Americans are at the mall. All they're focused on is this let's hate each other. Yeah. What will this time be written about? Will it be written about the death of Osama bin Laden? Probably too high profile to sweep under the rug. Will it be written about that or will it be written about the clashes in Oregon between, you know, 73 different genders? I think of it as kind of a ironic. This is just my personal opinion for y'all listening. Uh, I see what everything that's happening now to go the same route as the next outrage you'll see on Facebook tomorrow. It's like a couple years, whether it's a year or fucking 20 eventually some other big thing is going to come up and everyone's going to forget all about this because at the end of the day it's really not that important there's bigger shit going on in the world and i've told you this before like you know i wish you know going back to what you were saying about chris kyle and america america's fighting war the american people are going to the mall i encourage each and every single one of you listening to get on a fucking plane and go to some place that is not the united states just to see just to see what it's like. Yeah, a lot of countries, you know, as someone who's traveled a lot, and I've got a couple deployments under my belt myself, it's like, yeah, a lot of countries have got some really great programs, but a lot of them really fucking don't. Yeah. Like, you've been to those countries where, where, you know, you drive to work every day and you got kids begging for water. I wish half the American people could see that. And then the fact that we have the privilege to be arguing about like socioeconomic problems as as opposed to am I going to fucking eat today is mind blowing. I landed in a country in Africa and we were traveling with a female and a, a super like kind of hyper liberal grew up a little privileged female. Okay. So I, th- okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm traveling with that individual. We won't say your name. I'm traveling with that individual. We land in this African country and going through customs. This is customs. This is your first line of defense against any threat that is external to your country. Yeah. Right? At the customs, 
the guy said in broken English, he goes, do you like our women? And I was like, no, now I'm tapping into some, you know, minuscule cultural training. What do I say going through customs at a commercial airport in a third world country? How do I not get arrested, basically? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, so I think, and this is a loaded question towards human trafficking, but judging based on his youth, judging based on his bloodshot eyes, I was like, okay, he's probably chewing cot. Mm. He's probably, you know, he's probably on something. And he's probably down. And yeah. I was like, uh, I said, yeah, absolutely. And he goes, okay, okay. Kind of rubs his chin a little bit. It's universal. Rubs his chin. He goes, I'll trade you. And she's standing behind the two men, right? He goes, I'll trade you two of my women. For your one, I just landed. We yeah. all hand our American passports to this man. Yeah, and he, so he clearly sees American, and he clearly sees foreign native, and he he offered to trade his two women for mine. So within, dude, that's my fucking point. It's like within twenty minutes of being in a country that you've never been before, like you're literally talking about trading human beings like property. Whereas, yeah. and let me preface this for y'all listening: I have nothing against this. I'm just using an example. One of the hot topics in America right now is women's rights. And, you know, everyone's, everyone's heard a woman makes 77 cents to the dollar that a man makes. But, the fa- like, it goes to my original point. We have the privilege to be talking about that. Saudi Arabia had their first female fucking driver last year. Like, one of how many women in the entire country who are allowed behind the wheel of a car? Like, that's what I'm talking about. It's like, it's a privilege that we can be arguing about these and things. And if you go to Japan... Say you're born in Japan. Okay. And you're of Korean descent. Well, you know, let me preface it with this. Say you're born of Korean descent. My last uh, guest for Two Guys, One Closet was of Korean descent. His mother was native Korean. Mm. When he was born, when he was born, and we, we addressed like growing up Korean and stuff like that. When he was born, do you think that he was ever at any point in his life considered by any any uh, group in America, rich, poor, um, any race in America, did anyone ever look at him? And outside of like brash generalizations of a young man or a woman, right? Because we do that when we're young because we're tribal, mm. right? Well, we get older and we, we learn to get out. Do you think he was ever categorized by those guys as untouchable? As no. beneath human? No. Okay. So in Japan, they have an entire class of individuals called untouchables. And if you were born of any other Asian descent, American is a little different because we pump so much money into Japan. Um, if you're born of any other Thanks Asian iPhone descent, or Apple. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, and Nike, but wait, that's Vietnam. Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you're born of any Asian descent in that country, you are considered part of the untouchable class. Mm. And if you can't transcend your Korean descent, if you can't pretend to be of Japanese... You're, you're always untouchable. India still has, to this day, the caste system. Yeah, they do, huh? Yeah, which began, what? In the 1300s, like literally Middle Ages. So hundreds of years ago where they said the lighter your skin, the higher you are in the yeah. system. The darker your skin, the lower you are in the system. The caste system still exists to this day. Yeah. There's still, like, like we think of Charlottesville as terrible. Yeah, if you, which it was. It was it was absolutely horrible. Yeah. It was egregious. It was wrong. Unnecessary. On, yeah, yeah, unnecessary. Wrong on every level, yeah. right? Nobody in that situation is correct. That's a terrible situation. Um, but we that's our perception of what's terrible. Read for a second 
about. I wish I had the app off the top of my head. Um, but it, read for a second on what is happening on the India-Pakistan border. Or well, We've been on the brink of nuclear war for, what, 30 years? Now? Yeah, yeah, or what happens between East and West India. Yeah. Like, what? what? Yeah. <laughs> you, you think about, or North and South India, or, or pick a country yeah. that isn't America. So, so back to the original question. You think this will be a pseudo non-issue? Wait, I, I think it will be as well. Like, it'll be, you know, the next big thing will be written about... It'll be written about not as wars. It'll be written about as it'll be written about as a, as a culture change. Is you know the effects that what the internet and social media has given us as not not Americans but as humans. It, yeah. it give it gives everybody a platform without a face. So, and and that allows people to pick sides. And I'm not going to dive into this because it's 18 billion layers deep, but. I don't think the issues themselves will come up. I think the bigger discussion will be on the culture shift. It's weird, man. It is weird. Because I'll get on Twitter. Say some stupid shit. I, I, try not, <laughs> I, not, I try not to say stupid shit, but I did just fucking talk all kinds of shit. There's this politician from my hometown. He doesn't know. I saw that tweet. He doesn't know. Yeah, that yeah. shit got like a shit ton of likes. Yeah. Uh, and retweets from people and uh, political analysts in West Virginia. He doesn't have the slightest idea of what an LGBTQ community is. He calls it LGBT. I guess there's a Q on it now. I'm accepting of it. I don't mind it, but I I just can't keep up with all the terminology. I got too much shit going on in my regular life. Heard that. Um, Every normal fucking human being that isn't on Twitter 24-7. That's another thing. Like, why are you going to fucking burden yourself with everything that every mindless individual anywhere has to think or say? I'll catch myself, dude. I'll write back, like Joe Rogan will tweet something, and I'll write back something funny, and I'll catch myself in an anger fit off of, like, I'm, I'm literally, uh, so for the listeners, you guys know this, if you've heard uh, previous podcasts, we're in my closet, my walk-in closet, uh, that's why it's called Two Guys, One Closet, <laughs> he's sitting in a Spider-Man chair, I'm sitting Fuck in yeah. a, we're both in beanbag chairs. My choice was Spidey or this ugly nonsense. Yeah. It's a good chair. I don't give a fuck. Feels good. It's not spider chair. He's in, he's in my one-year-old son's chair. God damn right. Uh, his couch. But, so, literally, two feet away is uh, where I sleep, and I'll be sitting in bed. So, my wife and I, we we both work. We both get up at 5, 5 a.m. and get ready and all that shit. It'll be 11 or 12, and I'm sacrificing my sleep getting mad at people. And I don't have that many followers. Why? I don't know. Exactly. I don't know. And I catch myself. Point. I catch myself and I'm like arguing with people on Twitter that I don't even know that I don't know what they do. I don't even know if they're who they say they are. I look at my profile and I'm like, this could all be faked. Yeah. I could Google most handsome man who isn't famous. Click. Take a picture. It's going to look exactly like me. It's probably going to be on my photo, right? <laughs> so I can, I can Google a photo of someone. Dude, you got no eyebrows. They're blonde, dude. Like I said, you got no eyebrows. <laughs> They're blonde. <laughs> so I could Google a photo, basically, and then or keep the fucking Twitter egg and just put a name on it. I could say, you know, John Smith. You can be anybody. Yeah, you can be anybody. And so I'm arguing with people who could, who, who say they're, you know, Nate from Wisconsin, who's a political analyst, right? Or... He's Jack from California who's 13 years old. Sure. And I'm arguing about fucking socioeconomic status. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's weird what social media does. There's a disconnect there. 
and we both grew up in the social media era. Sure. And I'm I'm curious as to hashtag bring back MySpace, y'all. Let's get boy. it. Atta boy, <laughs> Like I used to say, uh, oh, I'm gonna. My, my mother used to say, I'm gonna. Oh, check out MySpace. I'm, I checked out your space, and I'm like, mom, that's not cool. Like <laughs> that sounds weird. There's a double entendre in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, but and now there's like Facebook. My stepdad calls it like shit book or something like mm. that. That's um, appropriate. Yeah, but like seeing these, we grew up in some form or fashion with the internet. Sure. In the in the beginnings of what we now consider the internet. Yeah, you had dial up coming sure. up, but even then, that was far more connectivity than our parents had. Yeah, absolutely. Especially like you got you got an Amish father. He didn't grow up with <laughs> Shut any. Shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't grow up with any electronics. <laughs> no, but so like seriously, growing up with like, like your father, how old is it? He is age range in his sixties. In his sixties, so your father's in his sixties. He knows the time before the internet. Yeah, he knows the time before. Rage. He knows the time before computers. Yeah, so and I see it today, being a guy from West Virginia, and like we're, dude, we're solidly. I used to say we're twenty five years behind things. But with Twitter and social media, we've gotten up to probably 10 years behind everything. West Virginia is 10 years behind everything. That means that I'm 23. I act like I'm 33. Like, I have an iPhone from 1979. You on do. Where did you find that? Burner phone status. eBay? Yeah. I, I think I bought it for 20 bucks downtown Clovis. Um, but, so, like, I can live like that. But there's some people who are 23 years old that grew up in, like, the legit... Like, like LTE generation. Yeah, we we know guys that are eighteen, nineteen years old. That yeah. that that phone, even for us and what we do, we have the iPads that we use for work. That's our second brain. You ask a question, and if it's not a a question that you know off the top of your head, what do you do? Go to my iPad. Go straight to that iPad. Yeah. Even if it's a question I know the answer to, I'm gonna say let's find it. Go to my second brain. Yeah, like it's. We're modern day cyborgs, and I'm curious to see how history represents us. Yeah, but, that's a that's a really good question. Twitter knows, has man? started. Twitter, Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, started, arguably, the Arab Spring. The what? Arab Spring. What is that? So the toppling of the Libyan government, the Egyptian government. How? With um, Twitter? The the movements that were born via Twitter. Because it enabled their infrastructure, their government inf- infrastructure did not have, they were not prepared to receive the revolt they received via social media. Okay. And so with Twitter, I can at you, mm-hmm. I can at my brother, and you and my brother can at all your friends, and all of their friends can at all of their Borderline friends. Borderline pyramid scheme of information. Dude. Yeah. Before you know it, we got 4,000 people in Cairo Yeah. that are throwing shit. <laughs> And, and uh, Tim Poole, the journalist I referenced earlier, he was in Cairo during the toppling of the government. Yeah. Uh, they had a dictator there they got rid of. Um, he said that in... It's not Viaman Square. No. It's not Viaman Square. That's in my brain, though. There's some square in Cairo that is like the hub. You were thinking Tiananmen Square in Tiananmen Square. Beijing. Tiananmen Square. Yeah, that one's... Uh, You're well, only like 5,000 miles off. It's only 5,000 miles and a couple... Decades off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, anyway, so it's a square. Tiananmen. It's, that's it. Sorry. It, it, 
I'm not going to know the difference. Shut the fuck up. Keep going. I'm not going to know the difference. So, there's uh, this square in Cairo. It's known for, you know, marketplaces. It's like the hub of economic resource in Cairo. Okay. He said that there, there were protests. Have you read the stories? There were protests. There was um, smoke grenades, tear gas, actual grenades. Like, there was a, a straight-up revolt. Okay? The toppling of a government. And two blocks down, a guy is in McDonald's eating a cheeseburger and watching the football match. That's just wild. Yeah. That's the age of Twitter. That's the age of Twitter. That's what sparked my question for how will we be remembered? Because if you think about the guy in McDonald's in Cairo during the height of the Arab Spring, right? The the toppling of Muammar Gaddafi, the toppling of the Egyptian uh, dictatorship, maybe. Sure. He was, probably called himself a president. Yeah. Um, Muammar called himself a president. So, like, so the toppling of these dictatorships, the story isn't remembered as the guy who is eating a cheeseburger in McDonald's two blocks away from the revolution. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's what makes me wonder, are we in the height of a revolution now? Because we still have, again, America is at war, but Americans are at the mall. All throughout history, what, 3% of the, uh, of the colony or, or the colonials were in revolt or in support of yeah. the revolution? I don't remember the number, but it was super small. I think it was like 3% took up arms. Oh, that's right. So yeah. 3% took up arms against the uh, British monarchy. Yeah. We remember 3% of history. We're not thinking about, you know, the fish farmer in the Bay of... Uh, we just wanted to keep fishing, man. <laughs> he still fished. Yeah. He fished through it all. He fished before it, he fished after it, and he fished till he died. I mean, I think you're, I think you're breaking it down to the individual level, which everyone has a story. Twitter lets us tell it. Not the shit I say, I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah, dude, I might get blocked. I get dude. real drunk and just say dumb, ignorant shit on Twitter. I get mad. I know at you do on Twitter. It's hilarious. And I roast people. I get I get most of my arguments are on You you ever been halfway through a tweet and just been like, nah, that's dumb. I do that a lot. I, every tweet that I've ever not tweeted contained the word cuck. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm like, it's ah, awfully specific. That's too Pepe the Frog. <laughs> but, oh shit! It's Wednesday, my dudes. <laughs> there we go. Wheelchair Wednesday. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to hit Kelly. Oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> but uh, so now that we've dived deep into uh, being Amish, heads up the maximum. Oh what, guys? For the listeners at home, we're about to hit an hour limit. So what you're gonna see right now is we are gonna pause. This segment, I, I record via the Anchor app, um, and apparently if you're recording solo, you have a 55-minute limit. So what you're going to see me do is I'm going to hit pause. It'll be seamless to you all. And we're going to re-engage. Uh, re-engage. There we go. If you're not, we're not going anywhere. Yeah, we're going to Fox 2 on this bitch, and we are going to be right back. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Keep stay listening. tuned yeah. for some good shit. Fox 1. Fox 1. When you, you got, got nothing left. left. Fox 2. Fox 2. It's the heater in your chest. Fox 3. Fox 3. The only thing, thing you'll ever need. The cocksucking motherfucking Jeremiah weed. Hell yeah, brother. Clink. Hey, guys, and welcome back to part two of volume two of Overtly Casual. Two guys, one closet. 
Sorry, I had to think there. I'm a little bit of whiskey brain. Um, and I'm with my boy Knuckles. And uh, again, we had a, a technical difficulty with the time limit. But we are back and uh, took a pee break, took a pizza break, and took a beer and whiskey break. So um, we're here, we're queer, and we're proud. Speak for yourself, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sorry. We were, gonna... we're not that drunk. <laughs> we're not that drunk. <laughs> So deep in politics, I somehow had a like I, I was at an outer body experience. Is like that what I the was, kids are calling it these Like days? I was at Oregon State. And wow, I was one of their students. Mm, go beeves. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. So so we're back, and I have uh, a few things I'd like to talk to you about. You're Fucking f- send it, dude. You're a funny guy. I mean, I know. Funny looking. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> you're a funny That's guy. That's an easy one. Low hanging fruit. You're better than that. <laughs> there we go. I've been accused of that a time or two. Mm. Uh, so you're a funny guy. Who is like? Who's the comedian that makes you laugh the most, and why? Dude, I don't. I think that's the best part about comedians. It's like you never know why. It's just, you know, some people or are just, when, dude, or when. It's just, some people <laughs> like all right. Don't take this the wrong way. They just tickle your funny bone, man. Like, it's weird. <laughs> You're here. We're queer. We're proud. <laughs> no, dude. No. So, Crystal, I hear you quoting Crystal. He's pretty funny. Of course, he's pretty new on my radar, and he's only got two specials, two and a half, if you count the comedians around the world on Netflix right now. Y'all should check it out. Crystalia, fucking hilarious. Incorrigible. One of my all-time favorite stand Man on Fire. Or Man, yeah, man on Fire was... He got a tattoo for that one. Why? <laughs> because he says, here's what it's like for when I go on stage. And he's got flames tattooed on his hand. So he oh, that's pretty badass. Okay. Yeah, he got a ta- first tattoo ever. It was a hand tattoo. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, no, but, uh, like, if I had to just off the cuff say a favorite comedian, I think it, it would have to be Nick Swardston. Have you ever seen his shit? Fuck. Who fucking farted? That is my favorite That was the last special I watched for Nick Swartz. That is my favorite stand-up of all goddamn time. If I'm ever going to kill myself... I'm just going to do it in an elevator. And right before I do it, I'm going to scream, Oh my God! Who fucking farted? Pull a gun out. Blow! And everybody's going to be like, Oh my God. Like... Who farted? <laughs> that shit's hilarious. Dude, Nick Swartzen, that's a low-key, like, I didn't expect yeah. that. Have He's you like, seen, so the, shit. the same, uh, what did I just say? The fucking Netflix special that just came out, it's like comedians around the world. Yeah. They yeah. take uh, comedians from, for the listeners, they take comedians from different countries, and so you get to taste a little bit of their culture, if you will, uh, okay. and what makes that country, what they find is funny. But uh, fuck those other countries. I listen to the American ones because God goddamn, goddamn right. American. We coined, we literally created stand-up comedy. Big facts, my guy. It wasn't a thing. Yeah. Um. Fucking Jerry Seinfeld. There's a Brazilian who is just on Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah. Who started? He's the guy that started stand-up in fucking Brazil, the country really? of Brazil. And he said everyone when he started out, him included or himself included, he. They all did Jerry Seinfeld comedy. Like, I have all these buckets. Where do I put my pen? That's yeah. a, that's a quote from his podcast. I'm looking it up that right now. Horrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're but they're getting. They come to America. They do a couple years of stand up. Yeah. Um. However long they can stay here, right? Sure. Uh, not aware of how long they can stay, but they they go back to Brazil and they they don't steal material, but they kind of they have a baseline. They learn. Yeah. Sure. We've educated the world on, like, who is it? Jim Gaffigan? Is that the Australian? No, that's no. that's the American. There's an Australian 
that oh Jim Jeffries Jim Jeffries yeah he's hilarious that is American comedy yeah he took American comedy and it's even more outrageous because he takes it to another country exactly yeah. and and so like there's Americans that move to Australia and like their crowd we've never heard of them their crowd is Australian let's see uh, Hafinha Bastos woof it's spelled with an R so if if you're reading it in RX and it would be Rafinha Bastos okay. Yeah, so he was the dude that created, copying Jerry Seinfeld 17 years ago, sure. he created stand-up comedy in Brazil, the country of Brazil, which is the majority of South America. Easily. Yeah, so North America, again, you're welcome. <laughs> we give you English comedy. Hashtag 1776, bitches. Attaboy, boy, <laughs> unless you're in the UK and you can't read about it. Fuck them! <laughs> <laughs> but... No, yeah. dude, so Nick Swartzen has a bit on that Netflix special, and it's, like, the weird thing about it is that each episode, quote-unquote, is only 30 minutes long, and I was in stitches. I was in fucking stitches. Like, this is the first thing that he's actually, like, legit put out in a long time. And the I last, was, one I, last one I watched was Who Fucking Farted. Yeah, and they took that off Netflix, like, five years ago. Mm-hmm. Much to my... If Netflix, I watched if, it when I was a child. Netflix, if you're listening, fuck you, put it back on. That shit is gold. Well, they are, and now you're permanently your account has been suspended. Fuck them um, until you apologize. I'll go talk to the Russians and learn how to hack into shit. <laughs> Attaboy. boy, <laughs> change the world or whatever. Yeah, man, but stand up comedy. I mean, that's it's stand up comedy is kind of like underground in our community. In the so in the military, DoD wide stand up comedy, where it is today, I think that is the most uh, tapped into you can be in freedom. What? Like. Why? Because they actually utilize the freedom of speech. First of all, yes. Yeah. Secondly, it it gives, you know, the military being as diverse as it is, people from all walks of life and all over the planet even, who come to the United States military to better themselves, uh, it it gives people common ground. It's like, hey, I've seen that stand-up too. This joke was hilarious. You've opened a gateway now, and now you're gonna you can have a conversation with these people. Yeah, and the weirdest thing, still being within the Department of Defense, is I have my. I've never talked about this on the podcast. Oh, I have my first stand-up set in May. What the fuck? You're not that funny. I'm doing a ten-minute set. Wh- wh- why? I can't make a single political joke. Says who? Dude, everything that I have is like. It's like. Super extreme Pelosi. Why are you doing Elizabeth a fucking Warren stand-up thing for uh, T. Roy? He's a comedian, dude. He asked me to do that shit too. Do it. No. Do He's it. Like, hey, you're funny. I was like, hey, no, I'm fucking. You have not. stand-up experience? No, I don't. Or holiday party. The squatter Christmas parties don't count because those were atrocious. That I mean, it counts to me. It was so bad. It, it counts to me. You were entertaining at least. You know. Yeah. 10 to 12 people. (laughs) (laughs) No, there were like 60 there, but count it. Yeah, so you're entertaining 60 people. I think you should do it. It's only... I'm not that funny, dude. This will take away from a little bit of the nerves. I know you're feeling the inferiority complex towards comedy. You know, you never really done it before. Never Uh, been funny. Um, Keep talking. It's only a venue that seats 400 people. Oh, is that all? Only 400? Okay, cool. So I'm doing my first comedy set in front of 400 people, and... I'm going to go just to heckle you. Basically, I have a comedy. Or I'm I have just going to boo I have, you. I have a joke about time. military guys. Boo! I have a, and so the theme is anxiety. It's a it's a charity 
Okay. Uh, for the listeners. So you're not even making any money? No, dude. What the fuck's the point? Who makes money on their first... Capitalism asshole. On their first ever comedy set. Ah. Troy might, may, might pay me a little bit, but it's a, it's a charity event. So I'm doing a 10-minute set. I'm one of the openers for a uh, one of our guys, that uh, one of the contractors that work for us. He, I don't know if you know this about Troy, he did cruise ship tours. Like as an entertainer? As an entertainer. That's the most unfunny man I've ever met. He's only unfunny because you're looking at him through the eyes of the DoD. The shit he does is hilarious. Like, he has this joke about whales, and it's a double entendre from whales... Uh, the country? Yeah, yeah. From whales to, like, the animal whales. Yeah. And it's about women in a bar. But basically, it's <laughs> fucking hilarious. Everything he does, if you set it in a squadron, in an Air Force squadron, uh, in an Army unit, in a, in a Navy unit, in a uh, Marine Corps unit, it, anywhere you say it, people would be like, hey, man, you can't say that. We're super PC. So, yeah. the shit he does is super, like, you know how that man Look, is. man, <laughs> you may know him better than I do, but all I know is that man is related to the entire population of Clovis by either blood or marriage. Did you know that he's also a... For the um, listeners, this dude has been married, like, eight times. He's got 600 kids. Literally, Literally 600, 600 kids. kids. And <laughs> half of those are sets of twins. <laughs> Likely in he told me one time. He says, "He says, if you want a boy, lay with Troy." Ew! <laughs> what the fuck? He's got nothing but boys. Like, he's like, Jesus! How do you pull want, that off, uh, dude? He says it's from the bottom. Like, what does like, that even mean? I don't know. <laughs> because every time he talks to me, I'm in the squadron. And <laughs> you can't ask him. I can't ask him. So I can't get to the bottom of how to make a boy. Apparently, I did it. You know, did pretty, it right the first time. Did it right the first time. Never gonna try again. You Keep know it what I'm saying? Keep I need to get to the bottom of this. This is the whole reason I'm doing it. You should donate his nutsack to science, apparently. <laughs> donate it to me so I can have nothing but Why children. do you want his nuts? Let it be known for the record, Dak wants Troy's nuts. We're here! We're <laughs> clear! We're proud! <laughs> Hashtag no hate, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, anyway, I'm doing a 10-minute set to open for Troy, and nothing I do can be political. Because I'm assuming you motherfuckers are going to show up. Oh, I'm gonna make f- so much fun of you. I'm hoping all of you do. I'm gonna because just I've got this pretty good joke that has something to do with like supporting the troops. It's, I'm still working it out. It's still rough. You guys actually, Ocash Mob. That's what you are. Stop calling I don't them that. Care if it's the you worst. accept it or not. The Ocash Mob gets to hear it first. All right. Don't accept that, listeners. You're better than that. So the setup is like I look down and I see you and I see your square jaw and your short fucking stature and I see your hair and I'm like, oh, he's military. Cool. So. Oh, it's a, you know, the military crowd is really, uh, we got some high representation. Thanks, guys, for coming out. Like, And then it delves into, like, you know, support for the military. You know how everybody's, like, support for the troops? Yeah. Is that, like, that the same point where we all get up and scream, So I ju- God bless the USA at the top of our lives? So, so I get you guys all, We're like, proud to be an American. like, yeah, yeah, I support the military. It's good stuff. It's good to see you guys. Yada, yada, yada. I support the military 99 times out of 100. Ooh. And the one a silence time, falls over the room. Yeah, the one time I don't support the military is when the fucking brand new airman or brand new prophet. I'm on Prince Street and they cut me off in their fucking 2019 Mustang GT <laughs> and with their fucking 20 percent interest rate. And I'm just sitting there and I'm behind the wheel of my fucking Dodge minivan and I'm like, I hope they send you to Syria. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my jokes. Right? I really hate. As a fellow muscle car enthusiast, I really hate 
how the Mustang GT has become the staple of tomfoolery and incompetence. Have you seen the video? Dude, the fucking... Ugh, can I say the word nonner because they're fucking nonners. These finance kids. I've said just, we're here, we're queer, and we're proud. God Four damn times. it! <laughs> these kids are like, yeah, I'm in the military. I can afford a Mustang. Oh, cool. Can you afford food? Like, do you know what clothing is? Can you carry a normal conversation? Oh. That's the thing. Everybody buys them because they think they think they're gonna get. It's gonna get them Bet- laid between that and their fucking douche flutes. Wait, also known as. A jewel pod, which Dak is pulling out of his pocket. There we go. God, you're the worst. I have a dip in. I'm ripping whiskey. And a jewel pod. A jewel pod. <laughs> Good lord. I like it, dude. I like it. I think it's calming. It, it helps me, you know, relax. But yeah, no, the, the vape is actually part of the joke on that one. Like, the thing GT's cutting you off while he's ripping a vape with his 20% he's APR. fat clouds, bro. <laughs> he's got his 20% APR. He cuts you off, and you're just sitting there. Hey, this bad boy off in 20 years. Squeezing your fucking minivan wheel, like, yeah, I hope you die in combat. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, how it's going to land. And I'm going to have a pretty good military crowd, so good you Lord. should come to it. It's in May. Where? I don't know. I have no idea. Sounds promising. Troy invited me. He says he needs a cover shot for the, uh, or a cover photo for the um, tickets. Mm. It's already sold like 200 tickets. Of how many did you say? 400? 400. Goddamn. All right. Yeah, halfway sold out. So, as Dude. a stand-up comedian, I'm doing pretty good. Okay. You haven't performed yet. Slow your fucking roll. As a stand-up comedian, though. Am I on a card? Am I opening? Okay. My face is going to be on the tickets. Like, they when, when heard, does fight night start? 7 o'clock? And the main card is at midnight? Shut the fuck up. They heard, oh, Dak's going to be on the card. <sighs> Dak's going to be on the card. Let me pre-order two, 50% of the total ticket sales. I need to get my seat now. Oh, so you're saying one person bought 200 tickets? It was probably Troy. It was probably <laughs> Troy. It was probably Troy. That's why he's so "quote unquote" successful. Is yeah, there's no one actually. He now. went on a cruise ship tour. He he's done multiple of these, like two week tours on a cruise ship, like at a time. I think he does a week at a time every night, and he just buys the whole venue for himself. Like I just I can't see it. I can't see it. Nah, he's my boy. He's funny. He's not. It's all about anxiety. He, the jokes he's told me have been funny, but he makes me self conscious about because he's asked my wife. He's like. It makes me feel like I've done some things that aren't funny around the around the shop because he asked my wife, he goes, hey, is Dak funny? Is he crazy at home? Like, <laughs> is he funny? Like, it makes me feel, it's kind of, kind of an inferiority complex since he started asking this question. I mean, it's a valid question. Like, You're with another like, grown man in a two-by-five-foot closet talking to people you've never met. I met some of them. <laughs> so you sold 200 tickets to yeah. a 400 fucking 300 <laughs> but I'm about as related to everyone that listens to this podcast as Troy is to are the they off in, in West Virginia entirety no no. <laughs> no like there's some in uh, California I mean, you know we got them all over oh, okay Go Cash Mob is continental God, please continental US spread wide dude fuck I don't know if I told you fucking Troy Volman told me to be the, the our squadron softball team coach this year yeah, you know he's a New Mexico. Well, I know he is. He's an up. He get paid. He gets paid. I know. So I, t- I told him like I didn't want to do it. First of all, like you know me as a person, like I'm extremely competitive. I want to be the best at everything we do. So I I told him and the boss, I was like, okay, I agreed to do this on one condition. 
and this is going to easily segue into our next topic here, but like one condition is like, if you suck, you don't play. There we go. Yeah. Well, I'm, it's I'm, that simple. Before we, but no, I agree. You don't with show that. up to practice. You don't play. You suck. You don't play. You ride the fucking pine until you get better. I agree with that. And riding the pine, for those of you that are terrible at everything, <laughs> is you're sitting the bench. I've never experienced a lick of culture in your life. You're sitting the bench. Okay? But <clears throat> I'm glad you brought up this. And, and it's what by, I say, y'all. What by I say. sheer coincidence. Mm. Did you hear about the female softball team from Oregon State? The controversy that's been coming out lately? What? Yeah, dude. How do I not know this about my own school? Sheer coincidence. The whole, the entire, this is the crazy thing. The entire roster for the female softball team at Oregon State came out of straight. Now, this has never happened in the history of female softball at the NCAA level. I'm going to be honest with you listeners. I don't know where this was going. But I'll tell you what, I did not expect that. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> man, tell me I can't do it. I'm what the fuck? I thought running. you were being so serious right now. Come on and sinker. We might as well be playing T ball. Also, that's you want to know how I know that's total bullshit? Mm. They're going to school in Oregon. Yeah, yeah. that's true. The, yeah. It's not like the half the team's non-binary, but yeah. We won't delve into that. This part two Woof. is supposed to be a little lighter. I know we yeah, went we got to... Some, we got some deep shit on part one. There we go. Anyway. So, segue into what? Riding the pond? Yeah. I riding told, the I, wood. I, 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 no. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're back to... Woof. <laughs> All right. No. Uh, I was just I was just saying, like, I looked them both in the faces. Like, y'all want me to do this. Like, show up to practice. Be good. And if you're not, like, I'm not going to play you because I feel bad because you, oh, but I'm on the roster. I paid the fee. I don't give a flying fuck. Are you guys going to keep score? Yeah, we keep score. So it's not that bad. What do you mean? There's So a lot of the teams now, a lot of the youth teams. <coughs> Shut up. Pardon me. <laughs> a lot of the youth teams now across America don't keep score. During That's atrocious. Games. Yeah, they don't keep, don't keep score. Well, I mean, the segue I was... You know, pointing out is this culture of like, oh, participation trophies, everybody wins. No. I have a theory. No. I have a theory. So I think the same culture that is taking hold of Harvard, Yale, um, is it Columbia? Something like that. The Ivy League schools? The Ivy League school. This Ivy League culture of inclusiveness and participation trophies is sinking its teeth into the American military. Look what happened to that individual the other day on his flight <laughs> with uh, our good friend Ian. Yep. And our uh, other friend, uh, Jake. Yep. And uh, bottom line, listeners, this, this dude just sucked. He sucked. He didn't know how to do his job. It was reflected in his grade sheet. And those instructors, his instructors were told, uh, y'all need to be nicer to him. Motherfucker, no, I fucking don't. In the military, what, what's your ultimate job? Slay either, bodies. To either, to either, as you put it, slay bodies or to enable the, slay, the, slaying, the, of the slaying of bodies. Right? That's another thing that fucking pisses me off, dude. You, like, Oh, my God. I'm on a roll now. Yeah, oh, my God. Here we go. So, one of my biggest pet peeves with, and, you know, a lot of it comes with this, the fact of the Chris Kyle thing, man. This is like America's at war. American people are at the mall. It's like we've become so desensitized. Because the American military is so good at what it does, people have become so desensitized to seeing anything even remotely graphic that 
they have lost sight of what it is the military does. You get these radicalist, you know, fucking revolutionary groups who are like, oh, stop the military, they're all murderers. Motherfucker, what do you think the military's been doing for 2,000 fucking years? Who have you murdered? I've never murdered anybody. Oh, really? Well, 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 okay, but... Who have you killed? Killers? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Were they, I mean, were they were they persecuting people that were that were uh, innocent? Yeah. Were they lopping the heads off of village elders just to proclaim, you know, dominance? I, I yeah. own this now. Okay. Yeah. It was probably justified, right? I blew them straight to hell. Guaranteed, justified, yeah. right? So, and that's um, we're gonna get into like there's a new willing like there's a new lack of willingness due to and this goes back to Twitter mm. and it goes back to all this other shit there's this uh <clears throat> compulsion that young people have that my age group your age group has this um they're kind of revolted towards the, the you know doing what the military does which is either slaying bodies it or it's violence or yeah violence so that, is that, innate in human fucking nature Right. Since so, the dawn of time. And in America, we do violence to stop violence. Yeah. Right? And, you know, an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. It's, it's the same as our fucking nuclear policy. You know, Mahatma Gandhi, mutually assured in des- destruction. Yes. Um, yes. So, <clears throat> we, everything that's, uh, I want to get on Joe Rogan's podcast. Don't do it. I want to do it after I'm out of the military and can talk about everything. And <laughs> okay, like, maybe do it then. Yeah. That's, I ever tell you, I actually saw him in person when I was in Vegas. How short is he? Very. Yeah, pretty short? Yeah. <laughs> but he had these two smoking hot blondes on each arm. Was what? Like, He's so. married. Hey, man, I'm not a... I'm not a hater. I ain't no I'm, narc. You got a no warrant? Shit. <laughs> you got a warrant? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to call my lawyer right now. Uh, <laughs> no, but like in the military, there's this brash of... Or this rash, rather, of young dudes coming in that think that the American military is just out here smoking dudes for nothing. And it's like, if you read for one second into what we're doing while we're doing it, you realize, oh man, we're combating an ideology which spans the world. Like there were the the Swedish, I think they were Swedish, the hikers. In yeah. Mar- the, in we want to hike through Afghanistan to prove that people well, are innocent. This one, this one happened no. weeks ago. In Morocco, these two Swedish women to to prove that it was safe. They were they were hiking through Morocco. I assume they got captured, raped, and killed, beheaded, straight up, okay. not even raped, not they even just chopped their heads off in their tents. All right, recorded it, and guess where they posted it? CNN. I don't know. Twitter. Uh, the Twitter. the guys that did it recorded it on their smartphones and posted it straight to Twitter. Now, what did Twitter do? Explode. Transfer the video to Facebook tagged their parents in it. Oh, that's just brutal. Their mothers got so many videos after these big news organizations released their names. And because, you know, here's who who it happened to, here's what they did. They were students, they did this, they did that, they've hiked to this place, they've hiked that place. After their names were released, you go to Family Tree Now, you just type in one search, and guess what? Now you know who their mother is. God damn. And so their mother was being tagged in the videos of them being beheaded. So that, that that's like full circle of like what has Twitter, what has Facebook done? Because their parents are now being tagged in the videos of their... I can't imagine. But like, and that's what we're combating in, in the American military. Which, whether you agree with it or not, I still think it's just. I get, you know, I get paid, so... It's, <laughs> better, than, it's better than not doing it. Yeah. 
and letting it spread. Yeah, like like who else? Like everywhere else. Yeah. What is Japan doing to battle that? Um, what is and and you know they haven't had combat troops since the end of World War Two because we haven't let them. Exactly. Exactly. Now I think we recently lifted that. They are now allowed to have combat troops. They are but, allowed a, a very, very limited military force. Yeah, it's like special operations yeah. type shit. Um, so they're not now allowed to have it. But, yeah, man, like, we're not the leaders of the free world for no fucking reason. And hashtag no alt-right, right? I would call myself a liberal. You went to fucking Oregon State. I'm sure you would call yourself more of, you know, left of center. I consider myself very balanced. Yeah, like yeah. center. I, I'm sure that some of it, like, how do you feel about weed? It doesn't affect me. Do whatever the fuck you want. Not at all. Cool. Legalize it. How yeah. do you feel about guns? Uh, I've got guns. I love my guns. Am I going to go out and shoot anybody? No. Look at my AR right there. You're looking at yep. uh, it's a pretty 30, gun right there. 60, 90, 120 round capacity right How there. How many mass shootings has that gun alone gone on? None. Weird. Yeah. Strange how that happens. Yeah. So and, tell you what, though, somebody comes into my house, they're getting fucked up. There we go. That's what it's here for. That's right. That's anyway. when you know my Glock is next to my bed. My God damn right. AR is right there, just in case there's a couple of them. You know what I'm saying? So, okay, let's go further. How do you feel about uh, LGBTQ? I'm a straight white male. I don't care. Doesn't affect me. Doesn't affect me. Whatsoever. I don't care what genitals you prefer. Yeah. Right. So I would call you, um, and, and this is what I call myself: center left of center. I would identify as liberal just because I come from a blue state. Sure. Uh, I'm more towards freedom, which sure. is what the traditional meaning of liberal means. Like, I'm more... I, I, nowadays, people would call me libertarian, but I didn't grow up saying, like, I'm libertarian. Like, that... I like that ideology. Yeah, but nowadays, it's called, like, libertarian is all right, and there's all this weird shit. Well, we but, also have it 37 genders, so... Yeah. So, two liberal guys that support the military take part in it. I'm getting on Joe Rogan. Joe, if you're listening, tell Jamie Vernon, it's his producer, mm. to schedule me. Or Matt Griggs, I think, is the guy that I emailed. I, I reached out to Joe Rogan. <laughs> I bet you did. I'm going to be honest. I reached out to Joe Rogan. I want to get on his podcast, so we'll see if I can. Um, Good Lord. But yeah, we're supposed to lighten it up, right? Mm -hmm. We're supposed to lighten it up. So we spoke, of the, spoke about the military quite a bit. Where do you... This is going to be how many years of your life? I don't know right now. Hard to say. My father was career military, almost in for 30 years. Did very well for himself. Uh, like I said earlier in part one, I've never lived anywhere more than four years. So if I'm being a total, totally honest human being, the idea of sticking around for a while terrifies me. Because, like, at the very beginning, I was talking about this is my reality. My reality is that every four years, I get up and go somewhere else. That's just normal. It's what I expect. And I'll tell you what, at about three, two and a half to three years, like I'm just about three years here in Clovis, I'm starting to get that itch. Like I got to do something different. It's time to go. And I don't know how to explain that to people who never experienced that, but it's, it's, it's a, a very real thing. You talk to any other military brat on the planet, they'll tell you the same goddamn thing. So possibly, you know, we're looking at four to 30 years. Potentially 30. Yeah, so sure. four to 30 years of your life. If you go really high, we're talking about 40. Sure. So four to 40 years of your life. Okay. You joined at 21? I was 22 when I came active duty. Okay. So you retire max, the max age, 62 years old. Yeah. The person who is going to live 
the longest in human history has already been born. Yep. And you're fit, you're thin, relatively healthy, bar the pizza, beer, and whiskey. Ah. Yeah, but that's, you know. I, I categorize that under happy and yeah. not so much healthy. Yeah. Few so, and far between. On few that. and far between. But you're Agreed. still very healthy. I am. You're a very healthy guy. So Mid-20, yeah. It, it might be a reality. Like, it's it not might be a reality. It, it's a reality that you're probably going to reach 90, 95. Sure. With Advances modern medicine. medicine yeah. Right, yep. We're talking fucking 60 years from now medicine. Sure. Yeah. You might get a fucking rebuild everything. A laboratory constructed fucking heart. Sure. Um, 3D printed and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy shit. It's just wild. What they're doing now. I mean, on animal testing, that's going to be relatively, um, it's going to be available to the American public. I hope so. What, if you devote 40 years of your life to this, what comes next? But having That's the such a loaded you, question. Having the interest you do. You're an educated guy. Okay. So it's not all you've ever known. It you've is. lived in multiple okay. countries. All right. Yeah, you, I see what you, you're, you're, at. you're multicultural. You're educated. You're, um, you, you have some comedic value to you. What comes next? That's and a loaded question, man. Have you thought about it? That's a loaded question. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Something could happen tomorrow. That totally redirects where I think my life is going. A Tesla freight truck. Unmanned. Hits you. With any fucking luck. And I never have to go to work (laughs) in Clovis, New Mexico. (laughs) Fuck them, dude. I'll be rich. Yeah. But yeah, you could be... That's a loaded question. I don't know. Nobody knows. And I think people... You know... What just happened? What's his name? Jeff Bezos, the owner of, uh, owner of Amazon, richest like, man, to have richest ever lived. man in the world. Yeah, just got a divorce, and now his wife is in the top ten richest people in the world. It's like those are the kind of people who who think like that, and power to them because they think three steps ahead, and they're thinking, okay, this is my move, this is my move, and they build and build and build and build and build, and yes, they are now the richest person on the planet, but at what cost? He lost his marriage. Like, yeah. I don't know. So, I'm more of a person. I I take things as they come, and I'm, I try to balance my personal happiness with my professional goals as best that I can. So I agree that it was loaded, but not in the way you think. Oh, enlighten me, oh enlightener. So I was hoping you answered that way. Oh, I'll bet. Okay, knowing that tomorrow. You could end up being hit by a Tesla freight truck. Okay. You could die. You could be paralyzed. You could lose your arms. You could do whatever. Okay. Knowing that anything could happen tomorrow, what keeps you on the straight and narrow? Ooh, I got a great story for you, my friend. All right. I got a great story, and I apologize to the listeners because it's getting a little. It's going to get a little deep here, and if you cry, <laughs> I won't judge you. There we go. I won't judge you. The most one of the most profound moments in my adult life was the last time I saw my grandfather before he died. He uh, was a super strong and fit person his entire life and uh, ended up getting a heart bug. And they have, the doctors eventually had to just let the bug win because his heart was so strong. It was the only thing still keeping him alive despite all the pain that he was in. Anyway, uh, I was in Houston, Texas. My uncle owns a construction company out there. I worked for him a couple summers uh, in Houston in 100, in 120 degree heat. 
and I remember distinctly as a, as a teenager be like yo I gotta go to college I can't fucking do this shit that shit was rough we were at my uncle's house in Houston and it was a lot and uh it was my grandfather's 80th birthday celebration and uh my cousin at the time or she's still my cousin had reached out at the time to put together a, a really great birthday gift as as great as you could for someone who's turning 80 they don't want anything their life is in the dwindling years and uh she reached out to all of us and asked for the best story that they could that each person could give so all the all of his children and grandchildren could give about a memory or experience with this person and uh she compiled all these stories into a book that had pictures and and all these things and as he was reading through these this book like tears are flowing through just about everybody's faces at that point in time and it hit me really hard at that point it's just like it doesn't fucking matter if you're jeff bezos or a goddamn crackhead on the streets like at the end of the day what matters is the people who surround you so what keeps me on the straight and narrow is like i i live by kind of three things have i done first of all have i done everything and anything and everything in my power to be a good friend to my friends have I, or, yeah. Secondly, and this is still a potential for me, the single guy, but have I done everything in my heart to have been a good spouse? And thirdly, have I done something with my life that made a difference in the world? That's my personal philosophy. Don't cry, y'all. I'm not crying. Dax crying. Look at him. Man, I might <laughs> cry. Yeah. That's good shit. Yeah. So the, the motto, the, the gist of it is so... Only thing that matters is people, relationships all of this trivial shit, the things that we go and experience and are getting with Facebook and Twitter and revolts and all the shit we've been talking about for the last nearly two hours now, it doesn't fucking matter. That's History right. will forget you. You know who will not forget you? The people. That's right. That's the basis of many... Uh, my wife is Hispanic, and that's the basis of many of their, um, you know, observing the dead holidays. Sure. sure. It's about memory. Yeah. And it, when you're forgotten, you actually die. Yeah. You don't die until you're forgotten. Yep. Right? And so that is similar, and and this is why I do it. That's similar to um, the, the, the really smart individuals that are out there that, that say, um, like Elon Musk says, it is like one billion trillion to one that we are the... Um, the creatures that created the simulation, right? But so in fifty years, if it, the, the simulation theory, we're talking matrix kind of shit. Simulation theory. Oh my god! If you if you if we continue at the rate we are now, which at I think it's every four months, six months, something like that, um, we double our capacity as far as computers or what go. Right? Isn't that fucking terrifying? Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah. Fuck yeah, that's terrifying. <laughs> we're talking about. Freight trucks that drive themselves. Guess what? Tesla has them. Yeah. And six other companies do, right? That we just don't know the name of. Probably 60 other companies, right? So AI and all this stuff. You know, assuming that every six months we double our current capacity for, you know, our current capabilities for technology. You take that all the way down the line. 50 years from now, theoretically, we will have a simulation so like Sims, um, VR, if you've ever played VR, mm. it's fucking immersive today. And it is clunky. It's a wire hanging off the back of your head. It is a fucking thing hanging off your face. It's stuff you're having to hold. It is not what we see now, right, in, in common human interaction. Mm. 
Ready Player One is yep. kind of like I was the, just about to bring that up. Yeah, yep. most accurate representation of what they think we're going to be at. So they say start that, living in this fantasy world instead yeah, of reality. They, yeah, exactly. They say that assuming the current rate of I don't know what the name is, it's escaping me. But uh, assuming our current rate of growth as far as um, computer capability goes, and AI capability, uh, VR. Uh, AR, which is augmented reality. So basically, they're developing AR glasses, which you'll put on your glasses. Like a HUD. Yeah, yeah. you have a HUD, which ha- has holograms Yeah. in your room. So no more whiteboards. You can just write on something that doesn't exist. That's fucking wild, And it will man. stay there. And it's it will be a capability in the next 10 years. If that. I'd say five years. Right, it's already in development. I've seen, you know, potential things about, you know, especially those HUD glasses, like the Google Glass is trying to do that now. It's like you walk down the street and it it scans people's faces and pulls up their Facebook profile and says yeah. basic facts about them. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Like who thinks that's okay? I don't. I don't either. But I'm I'm just a participant, so yeah, I, I don't care. It, here's here's why I don't care that it happens. So not that I believe in simulation theory. But uh, there's a guy, I forget his name, um, he's a very young man, I think 30 years old, mm-hmm. um, in his 30s maybe, who is going to get the Nobel Peace Prize this year for sar- solving a part of uh, basically the equation to life. It's been... Uns- what, what? What? Hang on. I don't know. It's above my head. I'm not going to pretend to. The equation we- to life? Didn't Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy already figure this out? Something 42. Something along 42 this. is the answer to life, the universe. 23, if you listen to Jim Carrey. Um, oh, the movie, you know, throwback. Wow, yeah, 23. Yeah. Um, that movie was crazy. Anyway. So, these guys, he was on Joe Rogan's podcast, and he's talking, and he's like, yeah, odds are. The gist of it is, in 50 years, we are theoretically going to be capable of creating a virtual reality environment that is practically indistinguishable. We're talking about playing God. Exactly. So, 50 years from now, assuming the current growth rate, we're going to be able to create a virtual reality environment that is practically indistinguishable from current reality. So you'll be able to touch and feel the touch. You'll have all five senses. You'll walk through a pine forest and you'll smell. Like you'll eat a hamburger and you'll taste. Yeah. Like all of those things. Every sense you have will be replicated. Right. Now, this is where it gets sketchy. If we are evil, 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 evil. Hey, Dad, I'm here now. I'm here now. What do I do? <laughs> so, if we're ever able to do that, it is. If we've been able to do it before, it is one billion trillion to one that it's been done before. Like, what's to say that all five senses now aren't simulated? We're because, we're talking Matrix shit, basically. So Elon Musk, he believes in the the simulation theory. Um, the individual that's about to fuck, I wish I remembered his name or the equation that he solved a piece of. He solved a piece of it, and he's getting a Nobel Prize for it. Just a piece of the equation. How, how, okay, how do you make? I don't know math. No, I'm, we're not talking about math. I'm just talking about everything apparently because it's the equation of life. Like, how do you solve a? Piece? Oh, it's the theory of everything. It's fucking Hawking's theory, right? Okay, but how do you how do you solve a piece of something that is entirely theoretical? If it's simulation, the, the, it's ones and zeros. With, within the word itself, the definition of solve implies scientific proof. 
through the process that we've developed as mankind. So how do you solve, quote unquote, something that has not been proven itself? What's the theory? Hypothesis. I don't... Okay. Again, like, you're proving my point here. It's like, how do you you quantifiably solve something like that? Well, let me get to it. Okay. So if 50 years from now we can replicate it, all your senses, then... It's one trillion or one billion trillion to one that we are the X factor that created that simulation. It is again one billion trillion to one that it's already been created. It's been done before, and we are a product of that. That is simply rediscovering origins. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Whether this is a simulation or not, this whiskey is damn good. It's Tullamore Dew. Well, you better it pour yourself a... some more there. Oh, hell yeah, brother. <laughs> I want y'all to know, Dak let his glass go empty. That is a party foul, my friend. It is a... Uh, I'm good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I poured myself a strong you know, His glass is full, you know. <laughs> but, clink. So, let me get to the basis of this. You continue going uh, because no matter what, what may or may not happen... Is a bop, it's inconsequential. Okay. Because it may or may not happen. Okay. You're maintaining the relationships currently in your life. Okay. The guy that solved this part of the theory of everything says we're probably in a simulation. Okay. Okay. Even though we're probably in a simulation, if you don't go, if you don't get up in the morning, okay. If you don't wake up early and you don't go to work, you're going to go hungry. If yeah. you go hungry, you will starve. If you starve, you will die. die. If you do not have love, you will be depressed. Yeah. If you're depressed for too long, you will, you die. will die. So, regardless if this is a simulation or, you know, you know, whatever God's work, whatever it is, the consequence is the same. Yeah. If you don't partake in this simulation and God's creation, and no matter what, any religion you take. Mm-hmm. You will die. Right. Now, and again, afterlife is, you know, inconsequential. Sure. It's purely theoretical too, right? Sure. So we came two paths to the same conclusion. It was it was a loaded question. Okay. Not in the way you thought. Okay. You stay on the straight and narrow because guess what? If you don't, you will die. I stay on the straight and narrow because guess what? If you don't, you will die. Or you'll live a miserable life in prison. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that was the next Either point. way, you have like, to wake up every day. Either way, whether it's real or not, you still got to wake up. And my, my, the point I was going to bring up was consciousness. It's like, you're still here, whatever this is, so you might as well make the best of it. So, this brings me full circle back to your Amish religion. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> when you went on Rumspringa... What the fuck is that? Oh, that's when they like they take the trip <laughs> when they're eighteen. When they're eighteen is like <laughs> Abraham go out into the world and, and learn of all the wonderful things out there. Yes, and then want to come back and they're like fuck that. Yeah. Oh. So as an Amish man, mm. aka Mormon. Yeah. Um, when you went on your Rumspringa, it's called college, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> when you went to Oregon State, where miraculously the whole female softball team is straight. Yeah. Um, what? I guess you kind of already answered this. I was going to ask you, like, what keeps you going? But, like, what What shitty choices did you make that brought you here today? Shitty choices? I don't think any shitty choices brought me where I am now. Oh, you're here in my closet. Woof. Two God. Guys, that two hit. Guys. 
Two Days, One Closet. That hit way harder than I thought it would. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think I made it. I mean, it was always my dream to join the military, and I, I don't think I ever f- foresaw myself in New Mexico, God damn it. Also, never mind, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> it's probably the best that I don't. No, I don't think I... I don't know. They're good choices. They were good choices. So whether it be a simulation or a product of, you know, random chance... At the end of the day, I can tell myself I did what I could to make the world a better place. So knowing that, do you have... If you could say something to 300 today, it's 300 listeners, Mm. uh, put yourself in a position where, you know, 60 years from now you have a son, uh, he's 45, and he has a son who's 23, and he has a son who's 3 years old, and you're all listening... To Grandpa's voice, right? When Grandpa was twenty something, mm. Grandpa was in his twenties, mm-hmm. right? So stupid old Grandpa. What would you say to that future simulation? I mean, child of yours, grandchild of yours. Just as general life advice? Yeah, life advice. My personal mantra. Yep. And this is highly arguable, but in my experience, I have found. Hard work trumps natural talent 10 times out of 10. Is that Michael Jordan? Nope. Wayne Gretzky? Knuckles. Knuckle. <laughs> a boy. Yeah, dude. Uh, my life advice. I mean, natural talent, don't, don't, don't get me wrong, natural talent helps. Yeah. But you could be, I mean, it's, it's borderline the same story as the tortoise and the hare. You can be the best at this thing by God's grace. But if someone works harder than you and gets as good to you at that talent wise but has the wisdom that has come with the the struggle of bettering themselves you're at a disadvantage so when you learn about the tortoise and the hare you said it normal you said it in a normal North American accent when you learn about it in Europe (laughs) as a child they say the tortoise and the hare I, I don't know. I wasn't that young. <laughs> Teacher yet? <laughs> no. Do they have the same kind of like parables that we do? Like, I suppose Brothers Grimm were German. I think ours are still better. Probably. We have movies. We do. And maybe I'm contained to only watching English movies or you know English language movies. We don't have enough money for a television. I got a TV. Okay. That laptop right there. <laughs> I got a... Garbage fucking, laptop. Uh, what do you say? Six by six? Six by eight. <laughs> at best. I got a six by eight When it's right warm there. out. <laughs> Netflix when I can steal the neighbor's Wi-Fi. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Heard that. But, um, so solid life advice to the Okash mob. They're always going to be that. Mm. They're always going to be the Okash mob. God forbid. My solid life advice would be do good, die great. Kevin 2018. Kevin? Who's Kevin? It was... It's a throwback to, like, VR and shit like that. It's an eight-year-old that was playing a VR video game and a bunch of famous, like, ninja. I don't know if you've heard of them. He's a gamer, like, was playing with this kid. And they they usually go on and, like, fuck with people. But it was an eight-year-old playing, like, Minecraft or something mm. in VR. And the kid, like, they, they helped him out. And they're like, Kevin... If you could say something to thousands or tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of listeners, if you could say it to the world right now, what would you say? And this little fucking three-year-old, I'm assuming, uh, says, if people are mean to you, love them. 
do good, die great. And then holy shit, yeah, dude, heavy <laughs> shit from a little kid, right? That is actually my uh, do good, die great instant messenger. Like you know how you, can put you it still use top. that, huh? Yeah, is that what you use to talk link, to the teenagers around link, here? Link, dude, link. Oh, okay, good save. <laughs> yeah, so good my save. link, the top Dax of my link. Dax still on MSN Messenger, yeah, y'all. dude. <laughs> AOL, bro. Um, <laughs> so the the fucking the top of my link says uh, do good, die great. Do good, die great. Dash Kevin, twenty eighteen. Hmm. It's a good one. Look it up on YouTube. You know, I gotta say, one of my favorite memes on the internet right now is like. It's you. You watch. Uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So you know. You know that meme that goes around. It's got like, like gangly bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Master of the night, man. Yes. <laughs> so it's that. There's a meme of Charlie, and he's in front of a whiteboard with a bunch of yarn, and he's just looking like a fucking crazy person doing this. The caption of the meme is just like when you have to explain to your friend who's not as inversed in internet culture as you a, a multi like tiered meme that goes within years of internet history. That's how I felt this story from about Kevin. Great story, but Jesus Christ, make it faster, faster, funnier. Do you understand learn to code? No. Okay. I'm that meme right now. Learn to code for the listeners. My hands are posed as if I'm in front of a whiteboard that has yarn. He's got crazy eyes and everything. (laughs) I'm locked in a closet with him. I'm not sure how I feel about this. So this has been by far the longest podcast for Overtly Casual and the Ocash Mob. This is the first podcast you've ever done? Yeah. How'd you like it? I'm sorry. I'm uh, entertaining and interesting. I would be interested in doing more of this. How did you like it? Oh, I very much enjoyed it. Were you nervous? Yeah, a little bit. Dude, when I started, when I first started, episode one, I was like, oh, I had episode zero for a while. It's no longer available. Sorry, Ocash Mob. Um, I was like, you could hear the waviness in my voice. I was completely sober and I was like, fucking, oh yeah, this podcast is going to be about life and MMA and shit. And I sounded so nerdy. And I listen to every one of the podcasts and I'm like, fuck man, I wish I would have said this, wish I would have said that. But hopefully you listen back to this and you're like, okay, good. I represented myself well when I was over half a bottle deep in a Centomordu and a couple beers in. We put, we put a dent in it, man. But what, what time is it right now? Uh, not late enough. It's a Wednesday, my guy. Ah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's a school night, boys. <laughs> do, you, do you have any, uh, parting words to the Ocash mob or my brother, um, for that fact? I think uh, you met him at the holiday party when he dropped the pledge. <laughs> when he made... Pledge TKE! That he, dude was wild. He literally brought, for the listeners, my little brother, Tyler, is the president of a fraternity. He goes in to his home where all the pledges I assume they just live there um, he goes in he grabs yeah. a pledge and he goes, he says you you're driving me 2,000 miles across the country and the pledge it, and it was because he had a mullet his name's Roland shout out to <laughs> oh, that's his name that's literally the first time I found out that dude's name yeah. he introduced himself at the holiday party he's like just call me pledge bro <laughs> <laughs> so, oh Roland my God. from North Carolina <laughs> A.K.A. I call him Doland, and if I'm feeling real nice, I call him Donnie, <laughs> which is another dude who used to be a pledge, but he's now a, a full-fledged member of TKE. His name is, uh, what's his real name, John? Okay, <laughs> so John that I called Donnie. Donnie's now been passed to Roland, who I call Doland. So he has three names, but his true name was Pledge. Uh, he has a mullet. He's a fucking legend. If you see him and you're in Athens, West Virginia, at... 
Concord University <laughs> rocking the fucking hoodie right now. Um, it, just know that Roland is a fucking legend at our at, at our unit, and really, honestly, for the entire state. But uh, so, did you finish your last parting shots to these guys? I know you finished that parting shot in our glass. Oh God, that was a big shot. Um, so, so last parting shots. You can talk to literally the entirety of West Virginia um, and, <laughs> and a couple states across the union. I don't know, man. I hate to say it because I just got done roasting you for it, but be good. Or rather, do, do good. good. Be great. Die great. Die great. See, I fucked it all up. That's all right. You're not Kevin 2018. I'm not Kevin 2018. You're Knuckles 2019. Knuckles 2019. Volume 2. And uh, I genuinely hope to be back on this thing. This Dude, was, this has been, this awesome. been a pretty good night. We're going to do it again. Uh, for the Ocash Mob, we are going to have Knuckles back on. This has been deep. It's been hard. It's been sexual. It's been all of the things that I love in a good Friday night with some BDSM. So... <laughs> <laughs> for everybody out there, thank you for listening. This has been a overtly casual, brought to you by myself, Dak, and my boy Knuckles. See ya!